So this morning, um, I'm speaking on becoming like Jesus, and the the title I had originally received was the words "become like Jesus," but I wanted to change it, and I changed it to "becoming like Jesus" because uh, becoming like Him is the constant, ongoing process. It's a journey on which we embark, whereas become like suggests there's something that we attain, but there's always more. Alice and I in the car over this morning were listening to a a worship song, and there was a spontaneous moment where they were singing, there's always more in you, and that is true. We will never get to the bottom, the vastness of who God is. We are pilgrims on a journey. We take every step day by day and grow and step into being more and more like him. We don't just flick a switch and suddenly become like him instantaneously with our character and life reflecting him instantly. It is a process. So therefore, becoming like felt more appropriate than become like with its uh, kind of insinuation of the pilgrimage that we're on, this pilgrimage that we've embarked on if we said yes to Jesus, if we've chosen Jesus. So that's kind of the underpinning of the name, but stripping it back even further for a second, I want to address two particular question words uh, that some of you might be thinking this morning here or on the live stream, and that is why and how. Why do we want to even become like Jesus? And then how do we become like Jesus? And these are important questions to address because if we don't, then on some level, what's the point in going any further in the discussion? If we haven't ascertained why would we want to be like Jesus, why even bother? Um, And I think for me, the the big question of the why is less so about um, kind of debating and arguments and so on, but is about that heart process because there comes a moment for all of us whether we operate more intellectually, whether we operate more uh, as kind of feelers, there comes a moment where we still have to decide and choose. And that takes both our head, our mind, and our heart. You can't have one separated without the other. They are linked together. Before we feel, we think. Before we feel, we think. I don't know if you've noticed that before, but you suddenly find yourself really angry, but you've been dwelling on those thoughts that have led you to become angry. You've been spotting the annoyances. Uh, Alice hasn't been doing the washing up in the way I want her to do, so therefore I'm going to be angry at her. I've allowed the thoughts to dictate how I'm going to feel. We think before we feel. And so this process of being like Jesus, the why, is less so about the head in one sense, because it's once we get to that point of going, okay, who is this Jesus? Jesus is real. We then have to action that. We have to move into that. And that then enacts kind of a heart process in that as well. This journey that we go on that continues to draw on mind and heart and body, the whole of who we are. And so for us, there comes a point where, as I just said, we have to make that choice. And if we truly believe the scripture we have, then why not become like Jesus? If we truly believe in Jesus and we truly love him, and we truly say, yeah, he is the savior, he is the way, then why not? He is, after all, the model from which everything finds its perfection, and the man on which we look to as our savior, as our comforter, as our friend, as our champion, as our brother, the list does go on. 
And then if we are consciously walking with him day by day, and I get that this might seem odd or to some or even difficult to comprehend, and that is fine. But if we are choosing to walk with him day by day, whatever that looks like, it is likely that some of us then have also had experiential encounters with Jesus that reveal to us what is contained in the Bible. They reveal to us that he is good. They reveal to us that he is healer. They reveal to us that he is the true prophet, the Messiah, the one who points to him. Through the Holy Spirit, we encounter the nature and the presence of God. I'm actually going to put that one there. So establishing the why gives us then a good basis to go on from. It's finding out why do we even want to become like Jesus. Why is it, when we look to the man of Jesus, that then gives us a good basis to move on from. To establish the why, to at least come to understand the why in the perspective of knowing Jesus, uh, is a good place to begin. And so for those of us here this morning that maybe are sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't actually know the why. Why would I want to be like Jesus? Or if you're tuning on the live stream, we'd love to have conversations with you as you grapple and grasp with those themes. Because it is a journey. It is a wrestling, it is a journey, it is a questioning. And I truly believe and know that God is good. And when we ask him those questions, he will answer and respond with himself. And also, just as a little aside, you might find it helpful to tune into Dave's talks from the last two weeks, which give another good kind of basis for this coming terms theme and might help answer that question of why. But anyway, once we have the why, the next question is how? How do we do that? Once we grasp why we are seeking to look more like Jesus, this perfect man, the one who shows us the relationship with Holy Spirit and with Father, the one who is worthy of it all, and again, the list does go on. The next question is how. And on some level, that's what I hope to touch on this morning in some capacity. I have a wad of notes. Do not worry, I'm not going to go through them all. We're going to kind of uh, see where God leads this morning in it. But there is an endless, there is an endless kind of perspective of how. There's so much we can go into. And that's kind of what this term and then the rest of this year is going to look like that looking at how do we become more like Jesus? How does that work? Before I go on, I also do, however, want to point you um, to John Mark Comer himself. This is a, a screen grab from um, his website. And a lot of the, the teaching that we're going through, a lot of it has been based on uh, one of his series called Practicing the way and his teaching on all this stuff is absolutely incredible. It is firstly accessible and relatable and relevant, yet it is so fundamentally expressive of Jesus. And John Mark Comer isn't afraid of truth or the difficulties that truth can raise, such as wrestling uh, and the wrestling that can follow or the challenges that can pre- present themselves as we delve deeper into this. So I'd highly recommend and I desperately encourage you to go and listen to him. Uh, teach on this material and in particular today's topic of becoming like Jesus or become like Jesus as he titles it Um, and so if you type into google practicing the way become like Jesus it is the first hit on all the google searches that I've tried on a number of devices so it works so this is this is what I'm going to do now if you have your phone with you I'm actually going to take a minute's pause And I'd encourage you to type that into Google now because I also know how easy it is to go, yeah, I'm definitely going to go do that. 
and then completely forget about it or realize you never did and I don't have time to go look at it anymore. So there's nothing like the present. So grab your phones, type it in. If you're at home and you want to type it into your laptop or your desktop, pull up another page and type in this. Practicing the way, become like Jesus. And the website is uh, practicing the way. So you should hopefully find that and then hopefully find some mobile version or desktop version of that. Become like Jesus, practicing the way. John Mark Comer, if you type that in, it might help you find that. And then I'd encourage you in a chilled out moment this afternoon, if such a moment does come around, to take the 40 or so minutes that his talk lasts and listen to him expand on this topic because it is honestly worth the 40 minutes of your life because he is speaking of truth. He is speaking of the person of truth, Jesus. So for that reason alone, it's worth it. Okay, that tangent's now over. Let's actually dive in. Uh, so Luke chapter 6, 39 to 40 is where I'm going to start this morning. This is from the Passion Translation, uh, and it says, Jesus also quoted these proverbs, what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. And how could he appreciate, uh, sorry, and how could the apprentice know more than his master? For only after he is fully qualified will he be at that level. We heard Dave last week and I think the week before talk about another way of understanding disciple as this word apprentice. How could the apprentice know more than his master for only after he is fully qualified will he be at that level? It is knowing, it is the knowing of the master that produces the competency. It's the knowing of the master that produces the competency that allows for the exploration during the training and the possibility to become qualified to the level of the master. I have had a view of this for the last year watching Alice go through teacher training Uh, and I've seen, literally seen that in practice, the apprentice learning and learning from the other teachers around her, learning from uh, peers as well but seeing how it was done and getting those techniques and now she's kind of released to to go and do it herself but she's also released and permission to fail, to make the mistakes Because then those that are more qualified, those who have more experience, will then be able to encourage and pull her up to the point where she becomes fully qualified and is the master herself. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of you in your classroom, that's for sure. But uh, being an apprentice, it requires intimate knowledge and understanding of not only the processes and practices that the master does, but of the master himself or the master themselves. When you look to the practice and processes, they are good, but unless you know why someone's doing that, unless you know the kind of the, the reasons they're doing that, they just become methods and rhythms. And we don't really just want to get into being people that just do methods and rhythms for the sake of it, because I'd argue that's religion. What we want to do is be people that are responding to Jesus out of relationship. So on the outside, some people might call that religion. Some people might call that being religious. But we are actually in a relationship with God. We are, we are moving in what he is asking us to do. And so this is where we start with the how. It's in an intimacy. It's in that intimate knowledge. Intimacy, the being with that produces the becoming like Your goal has to be to be with Jesus first to be able to become 
like him. You have to know him. You have to know how he thinks, how he moves, how he speaks, how he works, how he loves people, how he challenges people, how he delivers truth, how he extends his kingdom. You have to know him. And that's what we see of those three years with his disciples was a learning not only of what Jesus did, but who he was. A learning of the reasons and the rhythms that drove him. The, the, the father that was behind him. The Holy Spirit that empowered him. John Mark Comer says this. Expanding on this a bit more. Your goal is to be with Jesus and then to become like Jesus. But there's a minor problem there. It means that most of us need to change. I, I would say that it probably means that all of us need to change. And I don't know about you, but I look at the life of Jesus and I look at me and I think, oh, yeah, I really do need to change. And some of this change, as we begin to know Jesus, is very organic. It just comes through knowing him. And I don't know about you, but there are those kind of relationships where you begin to realize you're looking a little bit like that other person in your behavior and your attitudes. One of them for me, uh, and it comes, you know, it comes back to those arguments or those debates, nature versus nurture. But I know in my DNA is not a, not a gene for whistling Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer the whole year round. But my dad does it, and so I do it. It's just what I've grown up with, and I do it. And I will catch myself whistling Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in the middle of June. Who knows why? But we don't finish the tune correctly. We go off somewhere else. And I've only learned that from my dad. And it's literally just been... 26 years of being around my dad has taught me to whistle Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer constantly. As I say, that is not in my genes. That is, uh, that is literally the, the nurture. It's come through being with my dad. It comes through knowing him and beginning to look a little bit more like my dad. Uh, not necessarily physically. I am quite, quite a lot taller than him. Uh, or, for example, there, you know, those friendships or those romantic relationships, whatever it is, we begin to look a little bit more like other people in our behaviors, in our attitudes, and what we think. And not necessarily because we've chosen or we've actively chosen to do that, just, just because in that time around them, we become like them. So, for example, there are attitudes I now hold because of Alice's ways of looking at life and thinking about something that I do because of Alice. One thing with the washing up, I did mention that earlier, was I used to put the, the washing up liquid on the sponge. Does anyone else, did anyone, yeah? The washing up liquid on the sponge, and then you scrub at the pots. Whereas I now put the washing up liquid in the bowl with the water. That, that's what Alice taught me to do. Um, and actually part of it was I just was watching Alice do that, and I probably realized that somewhere along the way, I'm probably conserving a lot more washing up liquid in the process. But just simple habits like that that I realize I've picked up on because, well, it's what Alice does. And so in turn, that can have a knock-on effect effect on our behavior. So it's had a knock-on effect on my behavior, what I do when I come to wash up, consciously but also subconsciously, without necessarily any real active decision on my part, I begin to do things uh, a little bit like Alice or my dad or whoever it might be. Some of that change, though, it takes hard graft. It means observing Jesus. It means watching what he does and then choosing to do the same. Even when everything in us wants to choose the complete opposite. 
So it means actively saying yes to him in obedience to his voice over anything else. It means actively saying yes to him in obedience to his voice over anything else. We have to pattern ourselves on him and on others that do the same. So I'd encourage us as well. There are members of our family, of our congregation, who walk with Jesus closely. Look at their lives. Look at what they do. Uh, if, if it almost feels hard initially to try and pattern ourselves on Jesus, pattern yourself on someone who's trying to be like Jesus as well. Because I think you'll begin to find the rhythms and, uh, and ways of life that point to patterning yourself on Jesus anyway. Pick up those books, listen to those podcasts, listen to those sermons and pattern yourself on Jesus. Pattern your life on, on who he is, on what he does. Learn about him and know him so that you can be like him. And I made a point here as well that we, what I was just saying there, we can learn and glean from other saints who are walking this out too. We can learn from their stories, the saints of old and the saints of today, their ideas and their practices and ways of being with Jesus and becoming more like him. There is so much gold out there. There is so much out there. And I get that we can't kind of digest it all. But find those things that are speaking to you now in this moment. Don't worry if someone is saying something and you think, oh, that sounds so holy. That sounds so holy, but I just can't be bothered. Don't worry about that then. Find a thing that is, is really speaking to you. So if it's about silence and solitude, do that. Go down that. If it's about uh, furthering your prayer life, do that. If it's about sung worship, do that. If it's about moments of meditation, do that. Whatever it is that is speaking to you right now in this season that will allow you to spend time with Jesus and to become more like him, do that. Do that. And just like Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, I want you to pattern your lives after me just as I pattern mine after Christ. So if you're reading books about spiritual disciplines and someone is talking about a rhythm they do or what we heard from Elaine last week, if there's something in that that you really, um, it really resonated with you, that really struck you, do that thing. But I would also encourage you to say that that's probably a choice as well. We have to choose to do this. We have to choose to pattern ourselves upon Christ and others following Christ and again, it's just the same in relationships with one another. We have to choose to, to do something. Sometimes we have to become aware even of how someone works or, or why they're doing something to be able to choose that. As I say, it comes back to knowing how Jesus moves, how he thinks, how he speaks for us to be able to recognize what it is that we might have to choose. Uh, and then as we begin to choose to follow how he does that, we might find, as I said already, there's a little bit of a war in us. There's a little bit of a battle going, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to have to do this right now. But just continue to choose it anyway. And I can't remember what the figure is. I should have looked this up. But there's something about a certain amount of weeks you do something until it becomes a habit. And I think there is part of that in, in the sense of discipline and being a disciple is there is a bit of that hard grafting. We don't look to some of these saints and... Uh, and look in a sense of going, oh, well, it just happened to them overnight. They had to choose to get that way. Your, the kind of your lights of your Pete Greggs and so on, they had to choose to spend each and every day with Jesus. And they had to choose past those moments in their lives where they really didn't want to. Or that time when they were like, oh, 
you know, I don't really want to pray right now. I just want to watch the next episode of whatever it is. Or um, I just want to go to bed early, whatever it might look like. And just to say, none of that is wrong. Watching the next episodes of whatever is fine. Going to bed early is fine. But there are also those moments, and I think we know them, where we have that moment of choice. And we can go, I can either choose Jesus here or not. I can either choose to go spend time with him or not. And so this leads nicely on to the topic or the, or the theme of spiritual formation. Dave has mentioned this in his last two talks. Uh, and Dallas Willard says this, Spiritual formation is the Christian tradi- uh, in the Christian tra- tradition is a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. That can seem a little bit of a a lofty thing. And John Mark Comer puts it in a slightly different way and says this. Spiritual formation isn't a Christian thing. It's a human thing. To be human is to be dynamic, not static. To be human is to be dynamic, not static. Meaning that we are all being shaped constantly. We don't just stay still and rigid. We are constantly being shaped by things. The question is, who or what are we a disciple of? What is shaping us? What is it that is being uh, allowed into our life to shape and mold our thoughts and mold our patterns? Is it Jesus? Well, I think probably a lot of us would say, yes, it is Jesus. But my question, and my question to myself is, what else? What else am I allowing to shape my thinking? What else am I allowing to shape uh, my behaviors? And it's not just people who might uh, shape or, and, and have that impact on us. It might, it's not just people we might even become like, but we can also become like our location. Uh, John Mark Comer talks about a really good perspective of this to do with the, the place he actually comes from. But I don't know about you, but you can look. You can look around kind of the UK and you can sort of see sort of where someone comes from based on how they dress a little. You can look at... Oh, okay, that, that person comes from this particular place. So I can think of where we live in Surrey. And there is, I think, a particular dress. You've got your, your polo neck tops that are tucked into the kind of the chino look. And that is quite a Surrey, southern, south London sort of thing. I don't really think you find that kind of look in many other places. Not to say that people won't dress like that, but it is a very Surrey thing. We pattern ourselves on those around us. But we also might be morphed into the image of the shows that we watch or the music that we listen to or even kind of podcasts that we might um, tune into and cultural narratives that we even tune into. Everything is a story, if you think of it. What we hear on the media is a story. The truth is a story. But it's what stories are we listening to? What stories are we letting shape us? And I don't know about you, but I can remember as a kid those stories I would become fascinated on that kind of transcended the page, where it became more than simply what was written there, but I could begin to visualize the story. I could see myself uh, in the story. I, I kind of dreamt the story. I lived the story because it became so important to me. It began to shape me. And when we think about the things around us, the TV shows, the music, other people we can become invested in exactly the same way into those kinds of things. 
So then what, what impact, what effect is that then having on us? Because whether we like it or not, whether consciously or not, we are being shaped by something or someone. And I think we just need to be aware of those things. Be aware of why we might be behaving in a certain way. Why we might be thinking in a certain way. Is it potentially because of the people that we are with or the narratives that we, we, uh, we surround ourselves with? So the best thing we can do is to then make those decisions when we can to be with Jesus because he will shape us. To know him and, and to be with him gives him space to also shape us uh, alongside the other things that are shaping us. So I'm aware of the time. I do want to move on to then this thought uh, in thinking of the how and And how are we becoming like Jesus? What's your image of God like? How does he appear in your mind's eye? I've got a number of things up there, uh, which might not necessarily be so clear. But you've got the face, the kind face of Jesus. You've got a warrior up there. You've got kind of like a a, a judgment hand. You've got Jesus sat there with a whole load of kids. You've got a lion and a lamb appearing in the sky. And then you have a very distant God from Adam, how does he appear in your mind's eye when you think of him? What are his character traits? What might he physically look like? Because if for whatever reason we have this skewed, it can greatly affect how we relate to Jesus and it can greatly affect our journey as his apprentice where we can learn from him and learn to be like him. Because if we believe him to be a tyrant, I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to be a tyrant. I don't want to model myself on something like that. So if we have those thoughts in us, if we have uh, ideas of who God is in us that actually don't match up with who he actually is, it can put a barrier on us actually spending time with him or it can actually put a barrier on us growing into being like him because we're resisting something. Tim Keller says this, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshipping an idealised version of yourself. So I'd also challenge you with that this morning. What image of God do you have? Because if God happens to agree with every single thing you think, I would have a guess that you might just be worshipping an idealised version of yourself. Because a walk with Jesus is not easy. It is challenging. There will be patterns in our lives, behaviours that will be challenged. There will be thoughts and ideas that will be challenged. There will be political thoughts that will be challenged. There will be cultural thoughts that will be challenged. There will be friendships that will be challenged. All of this will get challenged when we walk with Jesus. And when I read this line from Tim Keller, it was like, wow, that's hard hitting. Or it certainly was for me. Because it reminded me... And every time I hear it, it reminds me of doing inner checks, of almost having an MOT or service, if you like, just to check where am I at with God and to make sure I have him at the center and I'm being led by him. And if I find, oh, actually, that wheel's slightly off, it's going to need a little bit of work, I then need to put that time in. And there's so many things in our lives, cars being one, that we will, will pay out for that to have its yearly, uh, yearly MOT or you know, its regular service. But how often do we do that with ourselves? How often do we check in with ourselves? And so at times across the year, uh, I regularly do this, Alice does as well, we, we will talk with some close and trusted friends who can call things out in us. They can say, 
actually, this is looking a little bit different, Jack, than it was six months ago. Your attitude on that has changed and not necessarily for the better. So they can call me out in love and truth where needed. And they can then encourage me in other places too. I'm just going to skip on there. So uh, there's another quote here. There's a a number of quotes I'm aware you've uh, had thrown at you guys over the last couple of weeks. But this one is a a really good one. By a lady called Christine DeMarco. And she says, I'm convinced more every day that Jesus doesn't lean one way or the other. He is the way. I'm also convinced that his way will offend us. All of us. And being aware and awake to our desperate need of him and his love for us is vital to recognizing him in this moment. She then goes on to say, nothing in my life was more painful and yet beneficial than to realize Jesus might not share my entire worldview. While I was concerned about defending ideals, he was busy laying his life down for people. Jesus models how to live. And when we are intimate with him and allow him to shape our thinking and our understanding, the pictures and images we hold of him, we begin to then see what he's like, his nature and his character. We begin to see how he loves and we can begin to see how all of the worldviews and values he holds at the core of who he is and affects the behavior he exhibits. And we can begin to model ourselves on that as well. Uh, I will finish uh, shortly here, but I want to bring just one more uh, scripture to us from uh, 1 John chapter 2, which says this. Here's how we can be sure that we've truly come to know God if we keep his commands. If someone claims I've come to know God by experience yet doesn't keep God's commands, he is a phony and the truth finds no place in him. But the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys God's words. We can be sure that we've truly come to live in intimacy with God, not just by saying, I'm intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. That there is the fruit of intimacy. That there is the check of, am I really walking with Jesus? Are we walking in the footsteps, and we'll hear more about this, as I say, as this term goes on, and as, as this next kind of academic year goes on, we'll hear more about doing as he did, being like him. But I'd argue that these two uh, things are fundamental to that, truth and love, and he talks about it there, walking in the truth of God. Truth and love together. And just thinking back to the quote I shared uh, from Christine DeMarco, nothing uh, was more challenging than um, uh, yet beneficial than to realize Jesus doesn't hold our worldviews. It reminds me of when Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. That idea of transformation, real and authentic transformation. We don't just want the change on the outside where we look like whitewashed tombs. We want the real change on the inside. And that does mean hard graft. That does mean difficult things. Sorry to say. It's not easy. But if we keep Jesus at the center with truth and love, I don't think we can go wrong. We might make mistakes, we might fail, but that doesn't mean we go wrong. That doesn't mean we've sinned. Mistakes aren't sin. But what it does mean is we are just pilgrims on a journey. We're taking each step as it comes.
In Matthew 11, 28 to 29, we hear this. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. So it's not just a cleaning up act on the outside, but it's real and authentic transformation on the inside. And Jesus has a knack for spotting the phony and a knack for calling it out. And he will do. When we spend time with him, he will call it out on us. And that's okay. And that's fine. But this term, as we kind of continue exploring this theme, as we continue going through uh, what it looks like, I hope many of us will begin uh, to feel a little bit like our wings are coming out again. It might feel a little bit like, oh, I can begin to flap my wings again. I, I'm going through a little bit of a, a transformation. Some of us, it might feel a bit at that earlier stage that we're almost going into that cocoon. And again, that's okay because we're doing it as family. We're learning as family with the head at the center, with Jesus at the center directing us. And the transformation that scripture talks about, it is possible. It is real. And we're going to hear so much more about it. We're going to dive further into it. We're going to look more at spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation, seeing how that affects our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that is our prayer. That is, that is what we want. We want all of us to grow closer with Jesus, to look more like him. That is our prayer over this series, that we will all look more like him, that we can then all experience the redemptive love and life-changing kingdom transformation that he brings so that we can all begin to become more like him day by day, see him shape and impact the neighborhoods we live in, the workplaces we engage in, the social environments we hang out in, and so much more. Because at the end of the day, if Jesus is good and true, and he's good and true for us, he's good and true for our neighbor, right? He's good and true for the colleague at work. He's good and true for our kid's teacher. Or the guys we see walking their dog every day. He's good and true for everyone. So if we can then be Jesus to them, what better, eh? Right, I'm going to close in prayer. Well done. Thank you for uh, going on that little bit of a journey with me. There's, as I say, there's so much more for us to dive into. Just remind you, go check out that talk. Do go check out that talk. There's no better time than the present. So Jesus, I thank you that you are good and true. I thank you that no matter what, we can base our life on you and your truth. And I thank you, Jesus, that whatever it is that's going on, you still say, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. And so, Jesus, this morning, we do want to come to you again. And Father, I do pray that despite the pain it can feel, would you lay your finger on areas of our lives that don't look like you. Father, if we want to be transformed to be more like you, would you challenge us? Would you challenge our behaviors, our thoughts, the ways we think and our attitudes so that we can be more like you, that we can love more like you and see this world transformed neighborhood by neighborhood to reflect the kingdom of heaven. In your name, Jesus. Amen.